0: Okay, hello, Uh, welcome. I'm Alejandro Collini. This is Toxic Podcast, I believe. I think that's what I'm calling this. It's a podcast uh, of which I am the only host. I would not wish this on anyone else, uh, where I consume and process and attempt to make sense of toxic media, which is a very specific term. Uh, I don't mean like bad movies, I don't mean stuff that it's fun to hate watch. Toxic media for me is any film, uh, TV show, music book, any form of art or content that it is genuinely like distressing and emotionally exhausting to consume. Um, so there's, it's definitely a subjective category, but I do think that these sort of, uh, obelisks of toxic media exist in our culture in very strange ways. Uh, it's strange that Things get made that seem only to exist to make people feel bad. Uh, and I very much want to explore that. Um, and so I wanted to start big for my first episode, and uh, I chose I chose a goodie. I chose a pretty classic example of toxic media. The movie Saw from 2004, 2004's uh, classic horror movie, Saw credited uh, in a large part with popularizing the genre torture porn as a facet of... Uh, a facet of horror movies uh, that kind of died out, thankfully, in the like mid late two thousands. But Saw is uh, it is it is your your classic toxic media experience, as I said before. It's just I don't. <clears throat> I don't want to start sounding like a hand-wringing film critic from like the 2000s when I talk about Saw, because I'm probably going to I'm gonna I'm probably gonna say a bunch of the same things that they say, which is that like, I don't know why you made this. It doesn't seem to be scary so much as it is just like, oh God, oh, like, ugh, I should get into the movie. Um, Jesus, it was hard to watch. God, I watched that movie like an hour and a half ago and I still don't feel well. Um we, it's this is a movie podcast, right? It's I mean it's not a you know I'm sure that it, I'll be talking about a book someday, and oh you'll all fucking love my book episode. But I just uh, following the structure of other podcasts of this type, I think I should probably just jump into the movie and start telling you what happens in the movie Saw from the beginning. Uh, the first most of the movie uh, takes place in this one room. Where, where two characters are chained up. So the beginning of the movie is this guy is in a bathtub. And it's also, it's so, there's so much complicated shit in Saw. It's like taking a test. It's like taking a test where also you have to watch people just get fucking dismembered. Um, but, but so the guy, this guy opens his eyes. And spoilers, that's Lee Wannell. Uh, Lee Wannell, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. He's the writer of the movie. He and James Wan wrote the movie together. He is also one of the stars of Saw 1. He's in a bathtub, he opens his eyes, he's like, oh no, I'm in a bathtub, which I, I'm already in, like, what, how long has he been in that bathtub, but fine, so he's, he opens his eyes, he's in a bathtub, he freaks out, there's like a, a floating, like a little keychain, it's got like a light on it, floating in the water, and we see him, let his leg thrashes, he pulls the stopper out of the uh, bathtub, all the water drains. And he gets out of the thing. He's freaking out. He's in the dark. We see the little light thing go down the drain, and we don't we don't know whether or not it's significant. Um, but in any case, that's what happens. He's 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 in a dark room, and he's like, "What's going on?" He's yelling out into the dark, and then this voice comes out at him from the from the darkness. That's like, "I already tried yelling," um, and. Uh, Lee Wannell and this voice in the darkness exchange a few lines dialogue, at which point the voice in the darkness finds a very opportune light switch and turns on these very bright, uh, sort of like, ah, hospital lights, uh, to reveal that the, the, uh, the space they're in is like a big, uh, bathroom of sorts. It's like a giant bathroom. Uh, I don't know what it really is, but there's a toilet and there's, um... On the other side of the room is none other than the Dread Pirate Roberts himself. Uh, And he is chained up against the wall. Uh, Lee Whannell is chained up. They're both chained by their legs. They've got, like, ankle uh, um, locks. Uh, uh, Fuck, what's the word for What are my bonds? Whatever, whatever. Um, So the Dread Pirate Roberts is... uh, uh, he, he's just lying there. He s- seems kind of defeated. The, with the lights on, they see that in the center of the room is a dead guy. He, sh- a guy, shot himself in the head. He's on the ground. as there's blood all over the floor. There's like head stuff. And uh, in one of his hands, he's got a gun. And in the other of his hands, he's got a tape player. Uh, which I, I mean, you remember, guys. The Saw movies are all about little tiny cassette tapes. It's one of the it's one of the best things about them. Uh, the first I gotta say it's kind of impressive. The first sixteen entire minutes of Saw take place in this room. It's just Lee Wannell and the Dread Pirate Roberts talking to each other, introducing themselves to each other. Like the the Dread Pirate Roberts is like, "I'm a doctor. I'm Lawrence Gordon." Um, the they there's this very convoluted. Hang on, I'm, I gotta get out my notes. Saw all these movies are like puzzles. Like the, the idea of the jigsaw killer is that he's like playing games with you, like puzzle games where he, it's very much like this whole movie is like a fucking escape room. And it doesn't make a ton of sense either because I don't mean to be Mr. Stickler about the song movies, but there's just so many things in order for things to really line up the way the jigsaw killer wants them to line up so many variables need to be accounted for and there's even a line in the movie where dr lawrence the dread pirate roberts says he calculates everything down to the last variable which is i guess the movie's way of going hey we know this is kind of unbelievable but like the just the chance of human behavior he must have so many aborted games he must have had so many games where like the guy didn't listen to the tape correctly or like (laughs) whatever 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 So the first, at first they're just finding their way through the room. And so, okay. So they turn on the lights and then, uh, Lawrence Gordon is like, well, let's take our stock of our surroundings. Let's figure out what we've got. Um, there's a clock on the wall, a new clock. And Lawrence is like, Oh, someone wants us to know what time it is. They, they've got envelopes in their pockets. They open the envelopes, uh, and they've each got tapes and they have like a tiny little key that doesn't work on either of their things. And, uh, the tapes say, play me on them. So then there's this very lengthy scene, which is, um, I kind of think it's a good scene. I guess it's thought it was all one scene, but there's this part of, of Saw, of Saw. There's this part where they need to get the tape player out of the dead guy's hand in the center of the room, but they're both chained to the wall and neither of them can reach him. So Lee Wannell takes off his button down shirt and flings it and uses it to drag the tape recorder across the wall, the the floor. And that's like, I gotta say, the first Saw movie is like a pretty decent movie. Like the the whole franchise, it's a series of really, really bad movies. Uh, And in fact, I thought, I'm such an idiot, I thought I was gonna do one episode per movie about every movie in the Saw franchise. There's eight of them. After watching Saw 1, I'm going to have to split this up into like, I'm going to do at most two more, three more episodes about Saw. I also, Jesus, I didn't remember what it was like watching that movie. The first, when I watched Saw for the first time, it was the summer of 2015 and I was a very different person. And I guess my, I, I was, I could just drink all the blood of all these victims and just eat it all up and just wallow in that sadness. And their screams echoed through the caverns of my mind. But now I'm a gentle, uh, a gentle lad, uh, <laughs> and my gentle constitution was, was quite overwhelmed by the level of misery in this goddamn film. So eventually, and this is so, it's so dumb, it's so dumb, I, they listen to the tapes, and then there's, well, hang on. So they listen. So they get the, the tape recorder. Uh, the the, the they sh- drag the tape recorder across the room with the shirt, which I love. Um, and he like has to fix. He has to affix the the uh, the bathtub stopper to the shirt to weight down the shirt. It's very like, you know, it, it, it's effective, but it also does kind of bring into question again the human variable of like, well, what if they just hadn't been able to get the tape recorder? Like, what if they were both idiots and they hadn't figured out your shirt plan, Jigsaw? They listen to their tapes and Adam's tape is like, Adam, you like uh, taking pictures of people, but now you're, so I'm looking at you, something like that. Oh God, that voice is going to kill me. And then Dr. Lawrence Gordon's is like, Dr. Gordon, you're cheating on your wife. I've abducted your wife and your daughter and I'm going to kill them unless you kill Adam by 6 p.m. So those are the stakes. And he looks at the clock. It's like noon. I don't know if it's noon or midnight, but it's, there's only like six hours to go. And I got to give Lawrence Gordon credit for at no point in time, uh, actually really trying to kill Lee Wannell. Um, because I feel like I might've tried it first. Like I, (laughs) that's, I feel really guilty watching this movie, but there's, there, there's a lot of movie where I'm like, just kill Adam, just kill this other guy in the room with you. Never mind. I'm a very bad person. That's a, that's a, this podcast is probably going to just reveal a lot of ugliness within me. So eventually, they listen to the tapes, and and Lawrence Gordon is like, "Oh, I know who put us in here." And then he tells the story of the Jigsaw Killer, the Jigsaw Killer. And I got and again, the first sequence is 16 minutes just in that room. They turn on the lights. They find the tapes. They find the keys. They they do the shirt thing. They meet each other, and then it cuts. Five months into the past, where uh, the cops, uh, one of whom is Danny Glover, just for the record, uh, are, like, looking at this crime scene of this guy who's in, like, a barbed wire room. So the Jigsaw Killer, he sets up these elaborate traps, and there's, like, four or five of them in the movie. Maybe four, I don't know. Well, I I wrote them down, so we'll see. There's the razor wire room. This is the first um, that we really see of his handiwork, is this guy wakes up in a room full of razor wire, and he's got to navigate his way out of the razor wire and get out of the room by a certain time or the room will lock forever. And in trying to get out of the room, he cuts himself up and he dies. And the, the Jigsaw Killer is, like, the Jigsaw Killer's whole deal is that he abducts people who are, like, flawed or bad in some way. And he, like, teaches them to appreciate life. Oh, God. Jesus, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, um... This guy with the barbed wire, the Jigsaw Killer, like, he, he plays the tape, he plays the tape, he's like, oh, you did this thing. The guy who has to, he's like, the tape is like, you cut yourself, did you want to die? Now you're going to have to cut yourself again. And, like, uh, you know, uh, it, was, it was a long time ago, and certainly you don't look for horror movies for, like, social progressivism, but, like, I don't know if cutting, I don't know if that guy cutting himself is like a, makes him evil. In the way, like, the next guy, the next guy who the Jigsaw Killer murders is someone who's pretending to be sick, apparently. Like, it doesn't give you a lot of backstory about this these victims' lives. Because these two are, like, throwaway victims. They're just, like, the cops are coming up on their bodies. And there's a lot of exposition being delivered about what the Jigsaw Killer's deal is. But the second victim, it's like, Mark, you, you uh, don't look very sick to me. And then there's all these, like, pictures of Mark walking and shit. I don't know what Mark was trying to do. But Mark is in a... This is a really complicated one. The previous one is really, like, A to A. Like, he cut himself, he's got to cut himself. Mark is in a room with, like, a whole bunch of numbers. There's just, like, numbers painted in red all over the walls. The wall is covered in numbers, and he's been injected with a slow-acting poison. And it's going to kill him unless he can find the combination to the safe and drink the antidote. But he's also covered in a flammable solution, and the room is dark, so he has to hold a candle. Which what? In any case, Mark catches fire, um, <clears throat> and uh, then the cops. That's what leads the cops to Lawrence Gordon. Doctor Lawrence Gordon's pen is found at one of the crime scenes, so they go to the hospital, and he's giving a he's giving a he's talking about this patient. He's like, "Oh, this patient has inoperable cancer," and this guy walks by and goes, "His name is John." And Lawrence Gordon's like, "What?" And the guy's like, "His name is John," and that's Zepp that's the guy Zep is implied to be the jigsaw killer for much of the film. Um, but that, this is our first seeing of Zep and, and the guy lying there, John, uh, Lawrence Gordon goes to talk to the cops. The cops are like, this is your pen. We found it at the crime scene. And, uh, he's got an alibi, but his alibi is that he's cheating on his wife. And it's going to like, he's really stressed out about giving the, the cops his alibi. Um, but then they, they give it to him. They clear his name. And then, uh, Amanda shows up, Amanda Young, who is like, oh oh my god, she's such an important part of the Saw verse. I'm going to get to, you know what, I'm just going to, for the sake of this episode's purity, I'm not going to access my whole wealth of Saw knowledge. I'm just going to live in this moment with you. So Amanda Young is one of the survivors of the Jigsaw Killer, because the Jigsaw Killer doesn't kill everyone he abducts. He puts them into these horrible tests of, like, will... And some people survive. So Amanda Young woke up wearing the the reverse bear trap, which is the thing you might have seen in a lot of the media for Saw. It's this clamp, and they put it in your mouth, and if you if time goes by, it opens and it rips your face open. And the the this is also the first appearance of that little guy, the little toy guy on the bike. Fuck, I should have looked up his name. I, think it's, I literally think his name is like Billy the Puppet or something stupid like that. I'm not going to look it up. I'm going to call him Billy the Puppet. Billy the puppet shows up, he does that thing, he turns his head, he goes, I want to play a game, and he instructs her that she needs to cut, oh god, she's, there's a, the lock On the reverse bear trap, the key to the lock is inside of a dead guy, and she's gotta cut him open and reach in and get the key. But what she doesn't know is he's not actually dead. He's just, like, been injected with a paralyzing agent. So he's totally alive when she cuts him open. She gets the key, and it's just, like, gross, oh my god, there's all these fake intestines and just screaming. There's so much screaming in these movies. (laughs) It really devalues screaming. like, to just hear someone shriek and shriek and shriek. And it's so taxing. Oh my God. But Amanda Young, she rips this guy's guts out and she gets the key and she takes the reverse bear trap off. And she's, <clears throat> uh, obviously traumatized. But then at the end, uh, she's like given her testimony to Donald Glover and Donald Glover goes, uh, are you grateful? And she goes, he helped me, <laughs> which is one of the first, you know, the jigsaw killer does claim that he helps people. And some people feel that way. Um, So, this has all been the Dread Pirate Roberts talking to Lee Wannell in the room. He's telling this story, and they're, like, cutting back to the room occasionally. So, the movie is taking place between, like, it's taking place in this six-hour period, and it's also taking place over the course of the last five months. Um... Oh God, there's this, I just wrote this line of dialogue down. Um, they find out there's like a camera looking at them and Lee Wannell's like throwing rocks at the camera. And he's like, oh, this is fun for you. This is fun for me. This is the most fun I've had without lubricant. I just wanted to point that out. That's a really bad line. And like the writer of the movie is the guy who says that line. So like clearly he liked that line, but I just wanted to draw a big red line under that line. I'm going to drink some water now because this is, oh uh, God, this is, no one's going to hear this. <laughs> All right, then we cut to uh, Carrie Elwes. Oh, I said his actual name. Shit, the Dread Pirate Roberts. We cut to his in his house. It's like he's thinking about the last thing he said to his wife and daughter before he left that night. Um, and the family stuff in this movie is so bad. All of the stuff involving the wife and daughter. You can tell anytime the filmmakers aren't making you aren't, like, really digging in the misery and showing you someone's guts and and screaming and screaming into your face. Anytime that they're not actively terrorizing you, they completely lose interest in the fact that they're making a movie. The sequences with the Dread Pirate Roberts and, like, putting his daughter to bed and, like, having a tense argument with his wife, it's... Excuse me. It is... God damn it. It's so forced. Um... It is, uh, 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 it's like when you're, it's like, it's worse than network TV. You know, like how network TV procedurals, they really phone in the families. Because it's like, well, you're going to go... It's a new episode of CSI every fucking week. You're going to have to meet a whole new cast of, like, this is the dad, and this is the sister, and this is the guy who works down at the store nearby. So these characters can't all be, like, really well-written and really well-acted. We're just going to have to chunk some shit together and make it happen. That is... And this is a movie. Ugh. The family stuff's bad. That's, That's all I'll say about that. But, frankly considering how hard everything else is to watch like you know no one gets their foot cut off (laughs) um so meanwhile they're in the room they're telling the story they um they find this uh like lee wannell has oh my god this is i gotta talk about this and this is like this is so indicative of everything about this film's essence uh, there's this part at which Lee Wannell has to reach into a toilet. This like shitty shit-filled toilet, which like, first of all, who shat in that toilet? Who filled that toilet with poop for your for your for your murder game? Have you been shit? like <laughs> where did it come from? Whatever. Whatever. He sticks his arm in the shit, and then there's nothing in there. You know, it's like an escape room, so they're like exploring all their options. And then he sticks his arm in the toilet tank and there's a bag in there with a bunch of helpful shit in it. Well, not really helpful, but like stuff that moves the game forward. And Lee Wannell's like, wow, I wish I shoved my arm in the tank first. Because he didn't need to, like, not only did the filmmakers not need to force us to watch a man shove his arm into a toilet, but it's not even to an end. In the universe of the film he shoves his arm in the toilet for no fucking reason. It's just to gross us out as viewers. Ugh. So they've got these saws. Hey. Saws. And uh, and they get the saws. That's also a really good, kind of a good sequence is they both got their saws and their song and it's this noise of both of them sawing away at the metal and Lee Wannell breaks his and the Dread Pirate Robert's just kind of he's dejected, he loses all of his energy because they realize and the Dread Pirate Roberts says, he goes, these saws aren't for the chains, they're for our feet, which is a little, he could have just said, these saws aren't for the chains, and I would have gotten it, but whatever. <laughs> this is the most fun I've had without lubricant, so that's that's what we're working with. Meanwhile, Danny Glover closes in on the Jigsaw Killer five months ago. Um, he goes to his, God, he's such an idiot. He and his partner go to his, like, lair, and they get him, but, like, they don't really get him. They catch him but they wanna he like wants to see him at work, so they throw this tarp over a victim of his, which is really irresponsible. And then they, of course, get dragged into one of his traps, and he he escapes, he he shoots a weird blade out of his wrist. He's wearing this really funny robe. (laughs) If this the first two saws, Tobin Bell, the jigsaw killer, wears a positively shimmering red and black robe that is just gorgeous but he like this blade comes out of his robe he slashes Danny Glover's throat um which he survives but then his partner gets he trips a wire and a bunch of shotguns like rip his partner to shreds the the blood in this movie the gore the screaming the just the oh 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 the box of keys oh that's such a good part there's So the Jigsaw killer has got a victim tied up and he, he, he activates the trap and the guy's head's going to get drilled off unless the, and they, the cops are like, where's the key? Where's the key to unlock it? And he goes, it's in that box. And he opens the box and there's a massive key ring. And I got to say, guys, I am all about the massive key ring. Uh, just to digress for one second from Saw. And I still know what you did last summer, which is... It's a slasher movie, but Jesus Christ, it is nowhere near this toxic. It is by no means even in the same universe. There's an incredible sequence in I Still Know What You Did Last Summer where they're running away from the fisherman killer, Ben Willis, uh, the man in the raincoat with the hook, and a woman needs to get through a locked gate. And she's got a big ring of keys and the killer is slowly walking towards her. And she's trying key after key in the door, which key is the key. I think it's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. I'm all about a big key ring. So the box of keys is great. Um, the, the partner gets murdered. Danny Glover, uh, goes insane and like devolves and becomes obsessed with uh doctor, the dread pirate, Dr. Roberts. Um, and, and he's, like, lives in a room where his, like, walls are covered in paper and, he, you know, it's your classic, I'm obsessed with something. You know, when a guy's obsessed with something and he's covered his walls in papers and diagrams and shit. Um, where are we? So, meanwhile, time is running out, uh in the room and they're sort of continually finding stuff like lee wow has found this picture of the dread pirate roberts family tied up but he's for some reason hiding it from i don't really know why but the picture also says like turn off the lights they turn off the lights they see a they see an x on the wall and they find this other box and the box has cigarettes in it and this cryptic message for dr lawrence uh dr gordon lawrence gordon whatever um but, uh, uh, Jesus, this is such a fucking complicated movie. And it's, oh my God, it's just so many stupid little pieces of it. So Dr. Gordon's like, how did you know to turn the lights off? And eventually he like gets the picture out of him. And the pic- when when Dr. Gordon sees the picture, he like, you know, something breaks inside of him because he's looking at his fucking family tied up. And meanwhile, we're also cutting, we've, we have now seen the family get abducted. We saw this guy Zepp uh tie up the wife and the daughter and where he we see him like lurking around and being villainous and i i do want to there's one thing i want to address with zepp which is he seems to take so much pleasure in this thing that he's being forced to do like in the end of the movie it is revealed no 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 no, no we can't do that yet i'll i'll tell you when i get there okay i'll tell you when we get there shit so there's god wah. Wow. Box of keys. Okay, so there's a cell phone in the box. And the cell phone rings. And it's Zep who's put Dr. Lawrence's wife on the phone. And Dr. Lawrence, the wife is is like... I'm sorry that I'm calling her the wife. Really, really, I'd be like... I know her character has a name, but, like, that's how they definitely talked about her when they were talking about this movie, when they were making it. She's really not given... She does wrestle, but, like, she does kind of save the day. She saves herself at the end of this movie with no fucking help from Dr. Gordon. Um, But his wife says, listen, Adam, you can't trust Adam. Adam is Lee Wannell. Adam knows you. And it turns out that, oh, God, it's so fucking not great. Adam has been hired by Danny Glover to 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 follow Dr. Gordon and take pictures of him. And that's why Adam is, like, a bad guy. Apparently, like, the jigsaw killer thinks that being a hired photographer, I don't know, I guess it's kind of a gross thing to do is, like, following people around, taking pictures of them. Sure, sure, sure. You know what? I, that's my bad. That's totally my bad. Um... But in any case, now it's kind of, like, all out on the table. Like, Dr. Lawrence had been lying and pretending that he had uh, gone to the hospital that night when he was abducted. But in fact, he had been seeing the woman he was sleeping with, and he, like, broke it off with her. Uh, God. See, all, everything that isn't murder and suffering really just is so half-assed. And then there's the fake death. Oh, the fake death. They try to trick the, the Jigsaw Killer into thinking that Dr. Gordon has killed Lee Wannell. Because he like pretends to, he puts blood on a cigarette, and then he gives him the other cigarette, and the guy smokes it, and then he does this really—it's actually kind of funny—this like really shitty fake death sequence. Um, but of course, of course, the chains are electrified, so he's given a shock and forced to admit that he's not dead. Uh, and then let's let's see—they're just sitting there defeated. Oh, and and. Um, it's all out on the table. They don't, they don't know what they're going to do. The, and uh, Lee Wannell notices Zepp in one of the pictures that he took of uh, Dr. Gordon's house. And Dr. Gordon realizes, oh, my God, that's Zepp, the orderly from the hospital. Zepp is the one who's been doing this. And then he also uh, notices that he's out of time, which makes no fucking sense to me at all because this whole movie revolves around the timer. The whole movie. It's like, it's like... If you don't kill Adam by six, I'm going to kill your family. And then literally the way it is done in the movie is the character Adam goes, hey, look, we're out of time. Like, you weren't fucking on top of that, Dread Pirate Roberts. You weren't checking the clock to see when six was. But in any case, now the Zep, Zep who, okay, here, so here's where I, now I'm going to talk about this. Zep, it is going to be revealed at the end, is not the Jigsaw killer. Zepp has also been injected with a slow acting poison and is being forced to abduct Dr. Gordon's family and and to enact this game as like a meta level of another game. I don't re- fully understand it, but that's what's going on. However, all things considered, Zepp takes so much seeming pleasure in being a villain. Like he goes, he goes up to Dr. Gordon's wife and he's like, time's up and you're going to have to tell him he failed. Like, he's, he's twirling his goddamn mustache. He should be like, I'm so sorry, this isn't my fault. Like, I just have to do, I don't know, whatever. Whatever, I'm, I'm not the writer of Saw. It's, hey, if I were the writer of Saw, I'd be, uh... We're sitting pretty, eh? Uh... <laughs> uh okay, so... Zepp, uh, at this point, uh... uh Dr. Gordon's wife, shit, I'm so sorry, she does have a name. <laughs> She's untied herself secretly and she, uh, they put him on the phone, they put Dr. Gordon on the phone and uh, she, uh, she gets into a fight with Zepp uh, and guns. The, the gun starts going off. And Dr. Gordon is on the, in the room, trapped on the phone, just wailing and sobbing. And like, he doesn't know what's going on. And he hears his family screaming and he hears gunfire. And now Danny Glover, who has been like staking out Dr. Gordon's apartment, he hears gunfire coming from the apartment. So he comes running. He and Zep fight. The mother and daughter get away. Like they get to safety. She totally, she's a fucking badass. She saves herself and her child and they flee to safety and call the authorities. At this point, Doctor Lawrence Gordon is just screaming at the phone. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, so the phone, like oh Jesus! The, Zep and the guy start start going. The guy needs to go kill Doctor Gordon now, or rather, Zep needs to kill Doctor Gordon. And and Danny Glover is is following him. There's this like the oh god, I, I can't even describe the nausea-inducing thing the direction of this movie does to indicate. Like, things are moving really fast and they're intense. Um, <clears throat> but in any case, if all everyone converges on this room in which uh, Dr. Gordon, he, the phone starts ringing again and he can't reach it. And I hate this so much. He can't reach the phone. He can't reach the phone. He's screaming. He's shrieking. He's losing his mind. And he's wearing a button-down shirt. Literally, at the very beginning of this movie, we watched a character take off their button-down shirt and use it as a tool to get something that was far away, closer to them. Dr. Gordon is wearing a button-down shirt, and the phone is not nearly as far away as the tape recorder was. It is not, it's not in a dead man's hand. He, ugh, instead of taking off his shirt and going for the phone, I guess it's not about the phone, I guess he's finally decided, even though he's run out of time, he's finally decided that Lee Wannell needs to die. So he starts sawing his fucking leg off. He saws his goddamn leg off. Jesus! And he's screaming, he's just screaming and screaming. And Lee Wannell's watching it happen. And he's like, no, no. Everyone's just like, ah, God. And oh my Lord, it's so hard. It is so difficult to watch. And then he's like dragging himself around the floor. And hes they've made his face look so, like he looks like he's already dead. And he loads the gun and he shoots Lee Wannell. And Zep shows up. And Zep's like, it's too late. Those are the rules. And then it turns out Lee Wannell wasn't really dead. I, I think that the point is that he I don't I don't know, but they fight and Lee Wannell then uh, beats Zet to death with a with a with the top of a toilet tank like a porcelain block. He like smashes his head in. oh my God and then the oh Jesus Christ and then Dr. Gordon is like, okay, I'm gonna go. He's like, I'm gonna go get help. Even though he's cut his own foot off, he's not gonna fucking make it. He, like, drags himself out of the room. He just crawls across the floor, out of the room, and Lee was like, don't leave me, don't leave me! And then, he starts going through Zepp's pockets to see if there's anything that might help him get out. If there's, like, a key or anything. What he instead finds is a fucking tape recorder. And then the, the score starts blaring. Um, this is a song... I actually, this is a little bit of research I did. Do the theme, the Saw theme, it plays basically during the final scene of every Saw movie, the climax where like a lot of plot twists are being revealed and stuff like that. It's this. I'll I'll do it for you right now. Dun 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 dun. Okay, so that's happening because he presses play on the recorder and it's like, "Hello, Zip." There is a poison in your veins. Will you abduct a mother and daughter to save yourself? And Lee Wannell, as he is realizing that, in fact, Zep, Zep Bladder, is is his name Zep Bladder? No, Zep Bladder is from somewhere else. Zep Hindle. Sorry, I got a text and looked down and totally, it, it ruined the immaculate mojo of this podcast. <laughs> So, Lee Wilde's realizing that the murderer is not who he thought was the murderer, and as that is fucking happening, and I hate this. Like, the first time I watched Saw, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. This time, I fucking hate it. The corpse that has been lying on the floor of the room the whole time stands up and takes off its, like, blood and guts makeup, and it's Tobin Bell, and he opens his mouth, and he sounds exactly like the voice coming out of the tape recorders, and he goes, the key to your lock is in the bathtub. And Lee Wannell realizes that the key is that light thing that went down the drain and that he's never going to get unchained. And the music is like. Dun, 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 dun. And the Jigsaw Killer, Tobin Bell, uh, John Kramer, the guy from the earlier scene with Zeph going, he has a name, John, when Dr. Lawrence Gordon is referring to the inoperable cancer patient. Ugh. You feel how fucking exhausting this is. Do you feel how fucking tiring it is? Just even, just even understanding what happens in this movie. So it's the guy who he diagnoses with cancer is the the uh, Jigsaw Killer. And then the Jigsaw Killer says, game over, which is dumb. I gotta say, real dumb last line for that movie. And then he closes the door to the room, uh, locking Lee Wannell in with the corpse of Zep. And the credits roll over Lee Whannell, just screaming and screaming and screaming. Oh, my God. Okay. That's what happens in the first Saw movie. (laughs) Uh, Why... Why did people like that? I mean, I guess I do. I like that movie. I should figure out kind of like a, maybe I should be rating these or doing like a final thoughts. Just summarizing the movie isn't enough. Um, let me think. Uh, what do I, what more? So I guess, let me see if I can design a jigsaw trap for myself. Hang on. So, obviously, the reason I have been abducted by the Jigsaw Killer is I have led a life of dissipation and squandered my privilege and my advantages uh, <clears throat> and just really, really severely underperformed relative to what I am given, right? So it would be like, Alejandro Collini, I'd like to play a game. You were given every advantage in life, every opportunity. And yet here you are, twenty So, well this is getting a little sad, but you get the idea. You get the idea. So if my flaw, my sin, is that I'm an under like a fundamental underachiever and like don't appreciate life and like everything's given to me. Oh, that's okay, so this is your classic. Ooh, well th- am I just stealing this from a different song movie? So so it's gotta be like it's gotta be like you were given everything. How much are you willing to give? And it would be like, how much of, uh, see, I guess, I guess all saw traps are kind of the same in certain ways. You got to mutilate yourself or someone else. But yeah, I guess my saw trap would be like, there's like, I've got to fill like a, there's there's one saw trap in a movie where the, they have to like fill up a, oh my God, that's actually such a good one. I don't even want to I don't want to talk about that one because we'll talk, we'll talk about that on a later episode. ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to do the classic saw trap of like, you got to cut off enough of your own body that it like pressures the weight that unlocks the mechanism that's going to kill you. So it's like, I've got like two minutes to cut off like four, like five to 10 pounds of my own body. And I'm like hacking at my fucking arm. Uh, cause it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be like a ruthlessness trap because I think I'd be very good at those. It's like, I, it's like what I said at the beginning, that I would probably have just killed Adam. <laughs> and none of the movie would have happened. I would have been great at... at I would be great if, at escaping the Jigsaw Killer. That's, that's what I have gathered from watching Saw 1. So I guess I'll watch Saw 2 now. Not right now. Jesus, it would kill me. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be released or if this is a test episode or... Maybe I shouldn't talk about that on Mike, but... Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, 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 be be healthy and and toxic, tox, no toxins. I'm trying to think of like a good outro catchphrase. <laughs> okay, well, until next week when we talk about the rest of the Saw franchise, presumably. Uh, I'm Alejandro Colini and this has been Toxic Podcast. Oh, tell your friends. Tell your friends that this is a good podcast. Even though it's not... <laughs>